This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. You're listening to Corporate Multiplayer. The official podcast of the 401 Game Zone. Welcome to another cooperative multiplayer, and yes, I know Kentucky is now no longer unbeaten, and yes, I know that we also took a week off last week, but last weekend was WrestleMania weekend, and that kind of just destroyed my entire, like, being able to focus on anything else we had, I think, like, three podcasts in four days with that. So, I mean, it was just one of those whirlwind times, I would say, where you just have uh, too much going on and and not enough uh, time to, to devote to other things, really. So, that being said, that's why we have this week to devote to games and all the other things that we missed. That, being, that also being said that we missed things, so... There's going to be like two weeks worth of stuff to get through. So if some of this is a little old, I apologize. But hey, we're going to try to mix it in with old and new stuff. So it's all right. Um, Mark, you had you had a big uh, purchase happen this week. You got yourself a PS4. Yep. How are you uh, liking that? I need more games for it. <laughs> Isn't that what we all say? Yeah, but it's true. Right now you've got... Well, I mean, now you get to experience The Last of Us, right? I had that for PS3. I beat it for PS3. Uh, well, you could do it with pretty graphics now. I'm playing, like, Planets vs. Zombies Garden Warfare mode alone. That sucks. It's always better to play with other people. Uh, but what do you think about the UI and, and everything compared to the PS3? I mean... I mean, it's high, It's pretty reminiscent, like the whole like cross media bar and like how apps are kind of broken up into like video and games and everything. It's a lot faster though, which I appreciate. And it still is kind of slow downloading, which is kind of odd to me. <laughs> yeah, new systems, same issues with taking forever to download. <laughs> it's not as slow as the PS3, but still kind of slow. Like, I'm thinking about, like, plugging it into a LAN cable. I'm doing it over wireless right now and seeing if that speeds it up a lot. I think it will, probably, but... Yeah, anytime you put LAN into it, that speeds up anything. So I would assume it works the same for the PS4. And I got a a stupid camera with it also. Yeah, now you can uh, stream games, right? That's... I'll never do that. You won't do that? 
No, I, it, that holds no interest to me because I like to focus on the game. Like having to try yeah, to play to having to try to play for a can to a camera doesn't. Like if I had another person here, it'd be different. But right, yeah, it's it's one of those where you're you're uh, having to then think of something funny to say or things to say. Period that you wouldn't even think about while you're playing. And yeah, it's. It's a whole different medium, really, when you're sitting there playing for an audience, I guess, and not just for yourself. Well, here's here's a story I'll tell. I had a friend who streamed uh, himself playing Majora's Mask, and he spent 54 minutes naming his character. Wow. And the name he came up with was uh, L-I-N-K-N... PRK. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> Some people, I'll tell you. I'm sure he got no viewers on that part. People got tired of watching him create his character and name his character. I think he did. I didn't. I didn't. I like. I watched the replay and I, I timed it out and I was like, "This is taking 54 minutes. Like, why?" <laughs> Wow. But, you know, uh, we might take 54 minutes actually discussing different things. So, what have you been playing? I played and reviewed a game called Wolf the Red Hood Diaries, a pretty bad platformer. I uh, played a little of Pillars of Eternity. I played a little of Dark Souls 2 scholars, whatever the hell it's called, for Steam. And the big thing is that I played and beat uh, Batman Arkham Origins, which is a terrible game. How so? It's glitchy. I had a boss fight that I had to redo five times. Uh, two times I died, admittedly, but three times the uh, boss was deathstruck. He jumped out and he glitched out. And it wasn't supposed to do that, so I couldn't finish the fight. Uh, there's a whole leveling mechanic to like unlocking gadgets is really bad. Um, you get gadgets in that game that you never see in the other two games, which makes no sense because it's supposed to be a prequel. Yeah, that doesn't that makes no sense at all either. Uh, I guess they figured out that the you know the gadgets work for him in the prequel, and then they subsequently don't work for it you know batman thought better of it in the other games i guess yeah uh we get the same gadgets it's like you get the uh remote claw and the disruptor and it's like what did he just toss him away and in arkham origin in arkham asylum he found him again like <laughs> <laughs> that's true uh yeah like, my whole motivation for beating, for playing and beating that game was the mentality of this game is not going to beat me. Like, I didn't enjoy any of it. Well, I mean, at least you beat the game, you know? Not a lot of people even got through doing that. So. Yeah, I had a friend who, he spent a half hour in the Deathstroke boss fight, and then he just quit. Wouldn't blame him, I mean... I've gotten to that point sometimes, too, where I just get frustrated. I mean, I I'm in that position with uh, 
and some Riku, I don't want to have to go back and try to find a bunch of items. So I, I've like avoided playing that game, even though I really need to. Though Square doesn't make me have to feel like I'm in any rush that Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to come out anytime soon. So It'll come I have up. plenty of time to play all the other games. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I mean, even if you played all those games, the story wouldn't make any sense. So <laughs> you're probably even better off just playing Kingdom Hearts 3 by itself. <laughs> yeah, because... Uh... When you start getting into all the DS games and all that stuff, the story gets really convoluted. So, even though I might check out Birth by Sleep, because apparently the fighting system for that game is pretty cool. I think that, wasn't it the PSP one? Yes. Yeah, that's just based on, like, Crisis Core and Final Fantasy Type-O, so it actually is a good battle system. Well, that sounds awesome, then. Uh... Any um, anything about a Pillars of Eternity? I still have it installed. I still have not actually touched it. <laughs> no, I only played it for like an hour uh, or two. It was fine, or it's like well made. Uh, it's not like based on D and D, so it's a little strange. Uh, and I don't like how like friendly fire is in the battle system. Like I'm playing a mage and I can't cast a lot of spells, or I have to like position myself around an enemy, so I don't hit, like, warriors that are attacking him in the front. You have to love that. Same thing like Helldivers. I understand that it's funny, and in reality that could happen, but I don't know that I want that in my game. I want to be able to do whatever I want and not have to worry about the people in front of me. Screw that. You should try to play a game called Magicka. It's made by the Helldivers team. It's the same principle. I shall uh, think about that. I should have gone on, uh, got that uh, bundle that you were coercing me to get when it was like two dollars, but I I forgot about it, and the sale ended. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to talk about Tales of Borderlands episode two? We both played it and beat it. Oh yeah, uh, it was good. Uh, a little less action-packed, but still funny. Uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see kind of how it go, how it progresses. I like Jack a lot more in that game than in uh, Borderlands 2. Yeah, Jack being your, like, spiritual, comedic, you know, guide, sort of, and part of that episode was great, just... He made me laugh out loud plenty of times watching, uh, just playing through. I, I have to say, like, you know, I'm not the biggest Borderlands fan. I have both the first and second game. I played part of the pre-sequel. I don't know that I'm going to own that till it's like 10 bucks or something. And I, and I can't say that I really care that much about those characters. Um, I liked a little bit about... Uh, uh, I liked learning about Handsome Jack or whatever in the pre-sequel, but that's about it. And then in these games, I instantly care about all these characters. And I kind of sort of want a Borderlands game with these characters. Well, this game has characters and it has writing. Like, the problem with Borderlands 1 and 2, at least with those two, is you're playing, like, essentially Gordon Freeman. Like, the characters never talk, or all they say is, like, I'm placing a turret down, and that's about it. Like... You don't have any agency with those characters. Right. 
Yeah, because these characters have their own story. They have their own reason for wanting to do the things they're doing. And then when the villains come in, you're like, oh, crap. Now I really want to see how they interact with each other, what's going to happen to them. Loderbot is like one of the greatest. He's you think Claptrap is funny. Loderbot for the times that he is on screen steals it. He is great. Uh, hopefully we get more Loderbot <laughs> as the uh, episodes go on. Hell, I could go for a Loderbot uh, series by himself. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's good, and I hope it like it picks up a little like with releases. Because this episode took a little while to get out. Yeah, that's true. And we've had two... I mean, now they have an extra episode of Game of Thrones <coughs> that uh, Borderlands doesn't have. But we have two episodes of Game of Thrones come out in the time that it's taken Borderlands 1 episode to come out. Uh, just hopefully they start having a rhythm where these are going to come out maybe every couple months or something. But the first episode has been enjoyable. They've been funny. And as we both mentioned... You don't really have to be a Borderlands fan at all to enjoy these. If you're a Telltale fan, I think you can definitely get into this with no issue. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud. Fuel innovation with responsible AI and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Who's here? Because it's I pretty would, much Telltale set in Tales of Borderlands and Borderlands Universe, but with a much better story. You know? I would say I'm pretty. I'm pretty actually not a big Borderlands fan at all, and I like this a lot more than any of the Borderlands games. Right. <clears throat> well, as for myself, I uh, I have a, an early copy of Xenoblade Chronicles 3D to review. Um, I'm going to have to start just mainlining the thing because the quests are very vague. Like, you know, I mean, the, the, for one, I have to say that they did a great job of trying to port this game onto a smaller system. But you can feel the impact of it. Uh, it didn't look that great on the Wii to begin with. And then think of, you know, that big of a game crammed onto a smaller system. You know, the textures and stuff like that don't always look the best. Um, that being said, if you take the graphics away from it, it is the great game that everybody says it is. It has... Uh, the little bit of the story that I've gotten into so far is pretty interesting. I mean, it, it it's, you know, your RPG trope. You have your one guy, you know, Shulk is trying to figure out how to save the, the world from what's happening to him. But you have a party, and uh, you it kind of reminds me of Final Fantasy XII's, like, battle system. You uh, It auto-battles for you, and you pick the attacks that you want it to do. Uh, you it has like a main attack and then you have like certain little like a side slash or a backslash or a, like a special attack that he can do. Um, you know you have to be careful of. Uh, there's a lot of enemies that don't do anything to you, but you can battle them for experience. Uh, you'll also get experience just kind of walking around and finding things. Sometimes you don't always have to just battle. 
Um, this is also the only game I've ever played where you fall all the way. You're you're high on this in this colony area, and you fall all the way down to the water, and nothing happens to your character. Uh, that that's pretty uh, amazing. Most games you fall that far, you're dead. Uh, but then it's cool because then you discover different things that are just around there. It almost reminds me of like Pokemon in a way. How if you go in the water, sometimes you'll just find weird things that are just sitting there. Um, and it's it definitely doesn't make you follow the story. You can do whatever you want. It seems like I can just run around and go on quests, even though the quests don't really explain themselves very well. Like I don't really know where to get these items that the characters are telling me to go get. They just tell me to go get them. And sometimes they'll tell you, okay, it's in this area. And then other times you're just kind of left to your own imagination as to where possibly this item could be at. <clears throat> That's the only thing I got to say. But the thing is that you don't have to complete any of these quests at all to finish the story, uh, which the story is supposed to be like around 60 hours. So you can just go from main story mission to main story mission and just keep going through and supposedly just enjoy the game that way and then go back and enjoy the quest it does have a day and night time system so you'll quickly if you, i've left my game on while i go to the bathroom or something and come back and it's night time you know and then you get into interacting with different character different npcs that way depending on whether it's day and night and you have a whole if you talk to different npcs you develop an affinity uh with the town which allows you to uh get more uh d different kinds of uh level ups in different areas in your little spear in your little uh skill tree that you have you different you get different skill trees depending on how much of an affinity you get with different towns so that's why it's kind of important to do some of the quests but uh, you don't have to do that to finish the game. So if you're not one of those people that really likes to go around doing everything, uh, you don't have to. So it would be $40 well spent if you just want to beat this game to experience the story and do that. You, you can do that. So um, I'll probably be able to talk more about it next week when the game is a lot closer to release and I'll have more time with it now that I don't have... I think I had, what, five pod... Well, we joined one wrestling podcast that's not ours on Monday night. I had five podcasts in five days. I had Thursday off, and then I had two more Friday and today. So now I'll get a break until, like, Tuesday night, thankfully. So, yeah, uh, and hopefully all of you guys enjoy your Easter while you're, uh, you know, doing, doing your thing on Sunday. Are you going to do anything for Easter? Nope, because I have no kids. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'm going to be working, and I think my mom's going to take my daughter over to my aunt's house to go hunt eggs with her cousins. So I won't really be doing much with her either. I think they're going to go see Cinderella, the live-action one, after that. But, yeah, aside from Xenoblade and Tales of Borderlands, I got hooked on God of War Ascension um, because that came... That magically was free for like a total, I think, of like half a day. I want no, to say. No, it was like an hour. It was, it was an hour. I just like have to be home there. right when you told me. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, so, because I, I had uh, God of War two, God of War one and two as part of a bundle or whatever that they had released, 
And then I found out that God of War 3 is like $3 at GameStop, so I went and got that. And then he called, he sends me a message, and he goes, God of War Ascension is free right now. <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, big, okay, let me go download this. <laughs> it was it was a big bundle version of Ascension 2, just not the game, but all the like, the DLC baked into it. <laughs> yep, it was like 40 bucks. And Sony messed up somewhere, and they had that thing out there for free. Um... And then I I got the but they had all they had a God of War sale actually and I went and got the I forgot that I had like a twenty dollar Best Buy certificate that I had earned from getting the PS4 there. They decided to wait till like a month and a half after I'd already gotten the system to give me the certificate, but it worked out. So uh, I got the the two PSP games that they remastered for the PS3 as well. So I'll be working my way through the God of War series, I guess, little by little. So I got hooked on Ascension, I, I, you know, because God of War doesn't really... It just tells you when you go into different areas. It doesn't really tell you... You know, it doesn't just have an ending sequence. It kind of just keeps going. So I'm sitting here just playing the game, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get to a certain point. And then I realized by the time I just said, okay, I'm done, it's like 3 in the morning, I need to go to bed because I gotta go to work. I was like halfway through the game already. Um, I can understand why people don't like it because there's a lot of different game types in this. There's like parts of it where it's a platform or part of it's where uh, you're, you're moving around and, you know, it's got the puzzles that you already do in God of War anyway. Um... But they uses this, like, partway through the game, you have to use this uh, gas mechanic where you have to get doused in gas and then try to figure out what door you have to break and what thing you have to move around to figure out how to get to the next area. It's kind of confusing. Uh, and then when you get to the part where I'm at, you get this amulet that basically gets to let you uh, either you you now have to start recreating objects. Like, you have to heal these objects so that you go back the way you came, essentially. And I can see how that's annoying, because then you have to figure out which objects you have to either let decay or let heal so that you can get through that. And I, it takes away from the game itself, but its I don't understand where people are complaining about it being the worst God of War game. I still see it's still God of War at its heart. You still get all the power ups and everything. So uh, I I quite enjoy it for what it is. And I, and I got to get a bunch of Shin Megami Tensei games because those were on sale too for like five bucks. So I got Persona Four, Persona Three, Fez, um, this guy One because they had that on sale along with it, and Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne, which I got to play a little bit of Nocturne. And that's my first, like, Shin Megami Tensei game, period. So I'm kind of trying to go through it. I haven't gotten too far into it, but apparently all the Shin Megami, like, at least the Tensei games are all apocalyptic stories, not not the Persona games. So it's going to be interesting. Very Japanese-oriented. So Some of them are. Some of them are. Uh, the Devil... Uh... I think it's the Devil Summoner games aren't apocalyptic per se, but I think Nocturne is for sure, obviously, and so is I think Digital Devil Saga might be. I never played that too much though. Yeah. So, and I think that's all the stuff I've. You, you played. played li- you played Life is Strange episode two. 
Oh, that's no, I have not actually. I oh, you didn't go through. I meant to, and then all that stuff happened, and I. That's the last thing that was on my mind because, Adam just sent me a link with the, code for Xenoblade, and I was like, well, let me get on this because I don't want to, get behind on that, and then let me actually try to get this out by the time the game releases and not have it be really late. And I just kind of put a couple of things behind on on the playing list. Yeah, he sent me a code for uh, that Dark Souls 2, like, Scholar Edition. Yeah. And I was like, what do you want me to do with this? <laughs> like, I, I reviewed the first one. Or I reviewed Dark Souls 2 already. Like, it's the same game. I mean, it has DLC, but that's about it. <laughs> right. What, did he tell you something? No, he was just like, all right, fine. Like... I haven't talked to, talked to him about it, but my my review is just going to be like it looks better if you, if you like Dark Souls too, uh, feel free. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's a bigger deal mainly for the PS4 and Xbox One owners that didn't get to play it, you know, not the PC guys that got oh, Dark Souls two originally, you know. Oh sure, but I, I already reviewed it once, <laughs> like. I didn't right. much like it. I didn't much like it then either. You didn't like it? Why not? I'm just not a big fan of those games, or I just don't uh, like the like pace. So, like, I'm not. They're not. I don't think they're bad games necessarily. Like, I can understand why someone would like them, but that'd be like me trying to review a sport, like a like a football game. It's like, well, I threw the ball. And I guess that works. Right. <laughs> At least uh, Bloodborne. It seems to is getting rave reviews, and Sony finally has their first killer game, I guess. Um, so they should be happy about that. If you like the Souls games, Bloodborne is apparently just made for you. So yep. go ahead and pick that up. Speaking of, I guess might as well get this one out of the way. PlayStation Plus games for April. Um, Tower of Guns, which Adam was trying to get somebody to review the Xbox One version pretty badly today. Um, but it's free for PS4 and PS3. It's a roguelike first-person shooter that has, like, random levels and enemies. Um, also, for PS4 and PS3, is Always Awakening, which is a 2D action platformer uh, with where you're a creature that has teleportation and charging skills. Uh, PS4 is also going to get Never Alone. This episode is made possible by PWC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Which is that game uh, that's set in like it's about the Eskimo culture, and you're you have a little fox companion. It apparently has something that has like a mechanic that can break the game in a bad way that that makes it difficult sometimes to complete some of the puzzles. So, but it's free now. At least you're not spending fifteen dollars on it. But apparently the story is pretty interesting if you like any kind of history or whatever. And if you're a PS3 owner, it does not or has not ever played Dishonored, 
Uh, it's a pretty damn good game. Uh, you can either play it stealth or going in and killing everybody, whatever you'd like to do. Uh, I would suggest going and downloading that because Dishonored is a pretty damn good game. Uh, for Vita owners, you get Killzone Mercenary and a puzzle platformer called Monster Bag. So, interested in any of that? Uh, not really. I played Dishonored on PC and didn't like it at all. Well, there you go. Me and you have differing opinions on Dishonored. Well, I like the idea of it, but I didn't like how uh, the mana system or magic system regenerated. Like, right. it really annoyed me. And the same thing happened with uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution. I was like, why isn't this going up faster? <laughs> <laughs> so, Sony uh, also acquired... Uh, assets and patents for on-live streaming technology. So now, not only do they own Gaikai, they own on-lives, uh, at least uh, their assets and and part of their patents on how they created the technology. Uh, apparently, if it's going to work until the end of April, then Sony will basically, you know, end it. Uh, they're not charging you for the April month, so uh, that's good if you have subscribed to on-live. And if you had on live before and you got charged like, you know, before it became April 2nd, they're going to refund you. So that's good on your part. Um, so you think this means better things for PlayStation now that we're now that they now they have two streaming technology uh, things under their belt? No, it just means that they just don't want to compete, have online try to compete anymore. I thought online was already gone. Like. I saw that announcement a few days ago, and I was like, they're still around? Yeah, I would. I was thinking the same thing. Like, really? I thought I heard something about online being done a long time ago. I know they were, like, trying to, like, they were, like, giving away those online consoles because no one, like, wanted it. And it's like, well, I should tell you something right there. <laughs> right. So... I think uh, this is a light week for Sony. Uh, if you if you're a big Sony fan, this is probably not the week for you. This is two weeks in a row that Nintendo is going to rule the roost here. That's why I named the the episode of the show Nintendo Rules All because they pretty much took uh, these two weeks as it goes. I saw some gameplay of Assassin's Creed Chronicles, this trilogy of 2D games that they're. Uh, Ubisoft is making. It kind of reminds me a lot of Mark of the Ninja. I don't know if you saw this. But yeah, I did. Looked a lot I more colorful, actually almost but... want to play this more than I want to play the Assassin's Creed games, honestly. What What do you think? I mean, it looks a lot more colorful than like Mark of the Ninja, but yeah, it looks like the same game. I mean, I'm getting the first one for free because of how bad Unity bombed, so I guess that's nice. <laughs> that's, yeah, that is nice. Just, I like the fact that you're still kind of doing some of the Assassin's Creed stuff, but it's, you know, in a more, I guess, uh, seem like simpler version. It's not, you know, you don't have all the expansive world and all that stuff, so it's more of a, more really like a stealth game like Mark of the Ninja instead of you having the different ways to be able to, you know, get through the enemies, so... Yeah, I, I suggest you check out some of the gameplay. They have it's 
based on three different countries, China, India, and Russia, and they all have their different, you know, mechanisms with them, you know, the worlds are going to look different, all that kind of stuff, so, if you're not Assassin's Creed out at this point, go, ch go uh, have fun with that, because it comes out uh, pretty soon, in a couple weeks. That's what my column's actually about for Monday night. <laughs> what, the top, top uh, Top eight Assassin's Creed games. I can't believe we have that many Assassin's Creed games already that you can make a top eight list. There's actually ten of them out, or ten that I'm considering, but I only made eight on the list today. Which ones did you leave out? You, the big one is Unity, because fuck that game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which other one, Liberation? No, that's in there. Uh, uh. Bloodlines, the PSP one. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. You'll, if you're big time in Assassin's Creed and you want to just, or you just want to critique Mark and think he didn't make a great list or something, you can always do that in the comments section. People are not afraid to do that in there. And don't worry, I never read that stuff, so feel free. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Microsoft uh, apparently. There's this uh, story going around that apparently Microsoft was thinking about the original Xbox was going to be this casual machine, and they were going to give it away. Uh, they it was it was going to be this machine meant for casual gamers. Uh, it was not going to have all the stuff that we're you know now used to hearing about with the Xbox brand or anything. Um, they wanted to basically get into the gaming space and and try to kill it almost sort of uh that's what the odd world uh developer i forgot his name lauren lanning yeah lauren and lanning uh was saying is that that's kind of why they went with xbox was they were going like oh well you're gonna you're gonna be the box that wins because you're giving stuff away well we want to be part of that you think this would have worked back then back in 2001 Crickets says no, I guess. Oh, crap. I lost Mark. That's not good. Have to love when Skype screws up, damn it. I'm hoping that I can just get him back on here pretty soon. But yeah, this is an interesting concept. I mean, think about uh, I don't know if it's my internet or his internet. I don't know what's going on, but it's telling me there's issues here. So, I have no idea how I'm going to solve this problem, but uh, who knows. Uh, you know what? Back then, that could have possibly been a way to get into the market. I don't know. I mean... As long as it was, if it was going to really be powerful enough to compete with the PS2 at the time, and it was going to be given away, and you're still going to have good games made for it, I mean, I don't understand how it could not have competed at that point. So, I mean, let me see what's what Mark is. Let's see if I can get him back on here. Here we go. Sorry about that. What happened? I think Skype just, like, dropped me. 
That's what it seemed like. Skype just decided, oh, well, internet connection's bad. Screw you. Yeah, everything else was working. <laughs> Daniel was like, well, I can hear you fine, but that wasn't the problem. I don't think it was me. It was Skype. Yeah. Uh, what I was what I was gonna say though is if they wanted to make it a party system, it shouldn't have weighed nine pounds. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like why would you make a system that was that huge, and then you had a controller that was equally as big? Just uh, doesn't seem very. I mean, I guess that was also something that was made after possibly. Yeah. Oh yeah, but uh, that seems like a really weird. I like. I can understand them giving it away for free, but them trying to cater to, like, the party demographic seems odd. Right. Yeah, because, you know, the Wii, they made a system that you can carry around, and the, the that was pretty much the party system. Yeah. Uh, so, is it going on that, uh, Mr. Lanning also had something interesting to say about how capitalism... It's not possibly only killing video games, it's probably killing the world, according to him. Uh, because he says that now we're spending $20 million on a, I guess he means a AAA game, and not $5 million. We're going to do 10 times the work, you're not going to get a fifth of the backside back because we're risking all this money. Uh, you know, it, depending on how savvy you do deals, they usually never made money. Most developers never make money. Uh, and they were able to stay in business because of the way the deals were structured. If you didn't have a good deal, it was basically dead. So, based on you know what we've seen in gaming, is where or gaming now, where these games are costing so much money, and unless you're either big time AAA or like he says, now the indies are are the the guys that don't have to worry about not being creative because they don't have to risk as much. You think what he's saying is true? Did I lose you again? Oh, man. This is not good. It's hard to have a show where you need Scott to work and it doesn't want to work. So I will ask Daniel here in the chat. Hopefully he's listening to me. Do you think that uh, Mr. Landing is correct here? You back on? Not? Uh, it's going to be difficult here. There we go. Sorry about that again. <laughs> Skype is not liking you, Dylan. Yeah, I'm gonna, if it happens, I'm going to connect to my other router that's slower but more stable. Uh, but to your point, uh, there is, he makes kind of a valid point. Like, look what happened to like Square and Final Fantasy. Like, Look how much money they spend on those games. They don't get nearly that money back. And they make well, let's be fair, though. Those three games that they came out with were not the greatest thing ever. Yeah, but twelve didn't make a lot of money. Or twelve, like twelve, came out too late for the uh, generation. Right. And Fifteen might do well, but who knows? <laughs> I think that's why it almost has this Western RPG appeal to it, because they really are trying to appeal it to a more mass market but, than what you would get in a Jap Japanese RPG with all the turn base and all that kind of stuff. 
And then look at like something like Bravely Default, like that kind of came out from nowhere and was probably made for a tenth of what a Final Fantasy game is made for and sold incredibly well. I still think that, you know, Japanese, you know, those Japanese RPGs, I think they just do well on those portable systems. And look at the Vita, how many of those come out uh, from NIS or Gust or whatever, and they do well. And they keep making them on the Vita because they sell well on the Vita. Everybody that, I mean, yeah, they're, also the Vita owners are looking for games to play, but they know how to market to that that niche and they do it well so it works. I just don't know that your PS4 or your Xbox One gamer or whatever wants to play that old school, well, you know, JRPG Final Fantasy type thing. Uh, well, I mean, Final Fantasy isn't old school anymore. That's kind of the problem. Yeah. I think when, like, Persona 5 comes out, then we'll see how well that actually does. But uh, there's also just a missing, like... He's kind of right. Does this AAA or indie game? But there's kind of like that missing mid-tier games, like that, like THQ is good for. Yeah, that seems like the mid-tier has bottomed out. You either have indie or you have AAA now. So it's, I mean, what sucks is that you're missing that. So you have these uh, franchises that could come out on say a THQ or something like that that would maybe come out annually and it'd be something different or say like Saints Row which is GTA taken up to a ridiculous level yeah you know that can compete and still offer you something different than what you see so it's uh, I mean I can understand what he's saying and I can also understand what Daniel says that he thinks that he seems to hate the establishment, and he's just kind of mad that the Oddworld games didn't sell too well. I think Munch's actually did sell pretty well, because it was bundled in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you can also make that case for Unity, right? <laughs> it sold well because they bundled it with the Xbox One's uh, yeah. system problem, but... Yeah, or the, the, uh, the, the price cut, but... Not, not that it was a bad game or anything, but you wonder if it was sitting by itself if Munch's Odyssey would have sold. Probably not, because well. that franchise it was never popular. Like, it's good, but it appeals to a pretty specific crowd, so... Right. Speaking of, uh, Quantum Break officially got delayed until 2016. That's another... Uh, IP, the new IP Microsoft is aiming at. They're saying it's because the uh, holiday season is already crowded as it is with Tomb Raider, Halo 5, Forza 6, and a game that I am not thinking of at this moment um, that's theirs. But yeah, I mean, they, they've got four big games. I think it's smart. Make your big list already uh, packed for next year. I mean, that's something Nintendo's having to deal with now with uh, Legend of Zelda Wii U getting delayed, which I never really thought it was going to come out this year. They had too much thought going into that, too much... That big overworld that you're you're trying to build, there's no way that that's coming out this year. But uh, if you're Microsoft, do you think that they made the right decision there? 
Uh, I don't think, I actually don't think that's the, well, I think that's a lie. I, I actually think that Remedy needs more time to make it. Like, they can spin up, like, oh, we got too many games coming out this, this winter, so we got to push this one back, but it's like, no, it, it's a Remedy. Like, Alan Wake was supposed to come out three years before it actually did, so I I don't think it'll, the, that game will come out until 2017, to be honest with you. Really? That far? I mean, if it comes out in 2016, it'll come out in the fall of the winter. It's not going to come out in, like, March. It'll come out pretty late in 2016. Right. And that's fine, because Remedy does make pretty decent games, but, like, no, that game's not coming out for a while. (laughs) I kind of sort of hope that that rumor that was going around of an Alan Wake HD collection might... Or getting made is another reason why it got pushed back, because that would be nice. Well, I mean, if they do that, it'll probably just be the PC version ported over. Yeah, you're probably right. Which is a good version. Like, that, that's a nice version to play. So. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, uh, I played it on the 360, but... I mean, we've seen this a couple times now with these PC ports, and it seems to work with, with the way these consoles are, are made, so... Just like a Final Fantasy VII. Right? Yeah, like Final Fantasy VII. So, uh, this game that I know you're pretty fond of is going to come to Xbox One, new 3DS, and Wii U soonish, according to the little Binding of Isaac Rebirth is coming. Yep. I know you love that game, so... Well, yeah, they're working on the expansion, too, so that should be good. So there you go. You guys, uh, you know, you console people that have Wii U's and Xbox Ones and don't have Sony systems or a good working PC, you can play this pretty soon. So let's get into this Nintendo. Nintendo had a lot to say in this Direct, namely one of them being what I mentioned already, the Zelda Wii U being delayed. Uh, Zelda has been delayed almost every time on every other system that it's come out for, so really people should not be surprised at all. They're saying that they, and it's almost for the same reasons apparently, that they found new possibilities and uh, for the game and they want to make sure it gets in there. So you're not, uh, I'm not worried about the game, but are, you know... Are you worried about the game at all? Is this anything alarming for you, or just Nintendo doing their thing? I'm not, I'm not alarmed, but I, I hope that when they say that it'll be like a new experience, that it actually will be. Like, I'm extremely tired of the Zelda, the Zelda formulas right now. Because mainly a Twilight Princess that broke me, but it just can't be the same going dungeon get the item, use the item on the boss and get out of dungeon. <laughs> Hopefully with this open world, that's what they're trying to aim at here, is that it's not going to be the same, and that it'll be something different. Cause that's, like, that's what I liked a lot about uh, A Link to the Past, the SNES one, is you had, a pa- you had like objectives to do, but that was a pretty open world, and you could get a lot of crap that you didn't need for the game in that, just walking around and like finding it. Right. It's also why uh, Link to the Past is one of the greatest Zeldas ever. Yeah. So, they also 
discussed uh, Mario Kart is getting 200 CCs for the first time ever as part of free DLC along with their Animal Crossing DLC that's coming out with a bunch of new playable characters and cards and stuff on April 23rd. Uh, they also discussed uh, Mewtwo coming on April 15th if you have both the versions of Smash Brothers or you can buy it on April 28th for four dollars if you uh would like to do that they also had announced the nintendo 64 and ds games coming to the wii u virtual console for the first time with uh super mario 64 and yoshi's island ds being the first two games and that you can buy those for 10 bucks uh if you would uh like to do that and i have a super mario 64 on ds itself and yoshi's island on ds already so I'm, I'm good with that, but, you know, if you never got to play those games, I suggest you do so. $10 is not a bad price for those. You think that's fair or should have been cheaper? Or? I'd say it's a little, a little expensive, but it's Nintendo. I mean, they can do what they want. How well is that Wii, Wii U controller translate to the N64 controller, though? <laughs> if it's the Pro controller, I think it works fine. If you're trying to use the gamepad, I don't know. Well, yeah, that. that's the main thing I'm worried about, like, it's going to be going to pretty much have to be like use a pro controller or don't play. <laughs> yeah. I would hope they're not trying to make you use the Wii remote or anything like that either. Yeah. So, and then they went on about, uh, well, we're also getting fatal frame Wii U, which I can always go for more fatal frame. That's never a bad thing. Uh, and then they're also going to add a bunch more, um, eShop, Little eShop games and Street Pass Me, Octodad is going to come on the eShop. And uh, they announced another, I forgot what the name of the game is called, but it's another one of these games that they'll let be crossed by between 3DS and Wii U. So that that's a good thing. There were several big announcements that came out of this, though. One of them being that they're, they're going full on with Amiibo. Uh, not only are they releasing a a wave here pretty soon with uh, Greninja, Jigglypuff, and oh my god, why can't I think of the other one now? Um, all being exclusive. Uh, Greninja is exclusive to Toys R Us. Isn't it Ness? Yeah, it's Ness. It's exclusive to GameStop. And uh, Jigglypuff is exclusive to Target. So if you guys are crazy for Amiibo, <laughs> I hope you already pre-ordered because they're pretty much gone now. Um, and then Nintendo unveiled freaking Yoshi's Woolly World plushy amiibo. And then I think they, they finally broke me. My daughter saw it and she's like, Daddy, I want one. I was like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to buy any amiibo. And then here comes plushy Yoshi. And I'm like, oh. I think I might have to actually plop down thirteen dollars and buy one <laughs> i may not buy the game and i'm gonna have the amiibo <laughs> just sitting there because <laughs> I, I don't think i'm gonna have a wii u by then i'd be more in, interested in a plushy boshi that's who i want <laughs> they should, watch if this yoshi one works they'll just make plushy every especially the pokemon they'll start making plushy uh pokemon uh amiibo i'll make i'll make a kirby epic yarn one <laughs> Right. Uh, then they, the Nintendo also, uh, well, I mean, well, they, they said that 
they're going to uh, come out with the, these other waves of, of amiibo are going to I forgot which one it's you know you have uh, Robin Lucina Wario Pac-Man and Charizard and Ness are going to be in this wave you got Dark Pit Palutina in wave 5 and Olimar, Bowser Jr., Dr. Mario, and Zero Suit Samus and Ganondorf from Wave 6. And then they also announced that Splatoon is going to have their own amiibo. Uh, the boy and girl, yes, they're just called boy and girl because you basically create your own character in Splatoon. Um, which, Splatoon comes out May 29th, by the way, for you guys that are waiting for that game. But the interesting part is that the coolest amiibo in the entire line that they have for Splatoon is the squid. And the only way you can buy the squid is to buy it all together for like $77 or something like that. So it's how they're going to it's how they get you. Right? Yeah, the the one that you know everybody's going to want. That's that's the one that you sit there and and uh, put in as far as the bundle. Uh, Codename Steam is getting an update for the speed up enemy turns, which is the problem that a lot of people have with the game, apparently. So, I, I also had that problem. When I was playing with the demo, it's like, you know, this is cool that you get to see them move, but they take so long. I'm like, man, I just want to, you know, get through this a little faster. So, I'm glad that they're they're doing that. Um, and uh, Mario Maker is going to release sometime in September. So, if you were waiting for Mario Maker... And what's cool is I saw a trailer, and apparently they're making all the No matter if the characters came out in that game or not, the... Like, I think uh, Boo didn't come out until, like, Mario 3. And he's, uh... They, they retroactively make him whatever bit he's supposed to be. Um, depending on what game you're playing and stuff. So, that's, uh, that's pretty cool that... They're making it all go and make it worth uh, your time as far as the... Uh, just like the, the fan service of having it all be... Make it seem like it's all smooth transition. Whether you want to play with Super Mario World or, or Mario 3 or whatever. Or just the old Mario, you can do that. Are you kind of uh, interested in the Mario Maker thing? or? Yeah, uh, it depends if they let you share levels or not. And how comparable it is to like the, already the PC stuff that's already out there. They have to do that, don't they? I mean, you would hope, but it's Nintendo we're talking about. I mean, what would be the point of that game if you cannot share your levels? Yeah, <laughs> maybe like that WWE uh, 2K15 game. <laughs> yeah, let's strip. Uh, the the 360 and PS3 versions, but yet we're still calling it that. Uh, Nintendo also revealed the first card amiibo, which is an Animal Crossing 3DS game, where you basically get to play home designer, and you get to use the cards as a basically the cards that you buy, which Nintendo really didn't say anything about this other than you're going to get cards. Uh, that character that's on the card, you get to make a home for that character. Then, depending on if you have other cards, you can have those characters show up and basically hang out with you and talk to you and, and all that kind of stuff. That'll work for exactly one person, and that person is they scan the card in to the internet and let people print it out. 
Is there not a way to combat that, though? There'll be someone to break it, probably. <laughs> uh, hopefully not for Nintendo, because this is where they said they were going to go with some of the Amiibo. Well, yeah, because you can't keep them in stock. <laughs> yeah, so if, I mean, if, if people figure out how to break this and put, like, a master one online, I mean, that's not going to be good for Nintendo at all. People don't really care about, like, what the Amiibo does. They just want the actual figure. That's the thing. Right, yeah, because these things are selling based on the figure by itself because we really don't have a game that's... I mean, Smash Brothers is cool for it, and and Mario Party, to an extent, works for it and all that kind of stuff, but... Other like, than Smash Brothers, you don't have a game that says, okay, I need to buy the Amiibo for this. Like, I just take your daughter for an example. If you said to her... I, I have in my left hand the Yoshi, the Yoshi uh, yarn figure, and in my right hand I have the Yoshi yarn card. <laughs> Which one is she going to want? <laughs> yeah, she wants the figure, of course. So, I mean, just to be able to play with it and do stuff with it, you know? And you, you can't really do much with the card, just look at it and throw it around, I guess. Hopefully not rip it. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully not rip it. I mean, just, yeah, it's... I think, that, I mean, Nintendo just... They're going to really have to come up with a more efficient way of doing this because I think at some point, even though Nintendo's really proud and they may not do it, I think they're going to have to surprise us with some kind of amiibo-focused game. It doesn't necessarily have to be a Skylanders or Disney Infinity Killer or like-minded game or whatever, but... I think you have to have that Amiibo game because it also gives you another crossover game besides Smash Brothers. Yeah. You know? And Mario Kart. But I mean, just it, you don't have to you don't have to have them fight each other. This is a chance for you to have them fight against, you know, have all those characters fight against some kind of you know all the evil characters and stuff. I mean, I don't know. I think you're just sitting on a gold mine with that. But it's Nintendo, you know. They always want to do things differently than everybody else. Yep. Uh, they also figured out how to make the Amiibo work as far, like, sort of like an old game demo, depending on... Uh, th this doesn't come until the spring, or so sometime later this spring. Amiibo Tap, where you can basically put your uh, Amiibo on your Wii U... And at random, it unlocks a three-minute gameplay segment of an old game like Super Mario Brothers or Kirby's Adventure or Legend of Zelda, or and they're not even tied to that figure. Like you could put down a Kirby game, a Kirby figure, and get have it play the Yoshi game. That makes sense. Yeah, somehow that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think that if you know you're you're getting a link figure you'd want them to keep playing you know you'd want them to play the link games or whatever but i don't know just I, I see two problems with this one is you're right that you'd want like the link figure to play a link game but like what do you do with rosalina <laughs> like she's been in like mario galaxy 2 and that's about it <laughs> yeah but for those that's when you play the random game right like, and the other thing is, is, aren't these figures like ten dollars a pop? Yeah. Or, why not? Yeah. Why not just unlock like the whole goddamn game? 
Yeah, you know what? You're right. Because the game is cheaper by itself. Like, it's not like... Okay, let's see if it's a Mario figure on and you unlock, like, a three-minute demo of Mario... Like, Mario Bros. It's like... Really? <laughs> Screw off. I guess they're thinking this is like the... They're, this is almost like they're stepping to mobile, sort of. Like, let's get you to play Super Mario Brothers. Oh, now I gotta go on Virtual Console and buy Super Mario Brothers. It's not, it's not pay to play, it's pay to demo. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but this is sort of like they're thinking, I'm guessing. Like, they want you to play that and then go, okay, I want to ba- buy this game now. But you already Even though spent, it's really old, but... Yeah, you're, you're, and you already probably bought it, like, once or twice already on the Wii. <laughs> yeah, probably, that too. But, it's, again, this is Nintendo doing funny stuff. Um, the other two big things that came out of this was Fire Emblem, if, is going to pull a Pokemon and sell us two games in Japan. But now here's the difference with this, though. And this is something that maybe Nintendo needs to start exploring with Pokemon, too, as we go into the digital age now. Of Fire Emblem is going to come out with two different versions of games. Uh, Fire Emblem If Black Kingdom and Fire Emblem White Kingdom. Uh, apparently White Kingdom is going to have an easier gameplay. And the stories are going to be the same up until like about Chapter 6, where you can branch off or something. And Black Kingdom is going to have more... Uh, more be more challenging so I guess the the colors make sense uh, but depending apparently even depending on whether you get the physical version or you get the digital version de- allows you to decide whether or not you your story branches off or you get to choose what you want to do completely throughout the game or or all this stuff and if you buy the digital version um you, you're locking out what happens in the second campaign and you have to buy it. It almost becomes like a Pokemon game where you have to buy it separately as DLC. And I don't think that the saves um, are, you know, can go into each other. Whereas apparently it makes it seem like if you buy the physical version, you can get the other version. Whatever you want, you want to buy, you get... The other one at a discounted price, so probably like half off or something. That's something that they could really do with Pokemon is if you get X, you can get Y for like 20 bucks instead of 40 bucks or something. Probably some more copies that way. Um, this is also, a, apparently there's also going to be an exclusive third DLC campaign that you get if you get the two-in-one cartridge. I don't know if they're going to have a two-in-one cartridge here, but... The Grey Campaign. Yeah, the the Grey Campaign. So, you know, we saw that Fire Emblem Awakening had, like, DLC chapters that cost, like, $3 a piece or whatever. Do you think this is a better way of doing this than having little story chapters come out later as DLC? Just have... Basically, each one of these is, like, encompasses one Fire Emblem Awakening. So you have almost, like, two whole games here. Yeah, I mean it's fine. I mean they'll buy it. People will buy it either way. If they Fire Emblem, like fans will buy it. So makes more sense at least. I mean, does it? 
does it worry you at all that now we're going to start having Fire Emblem games come out like this every time where it's just two games or... No, because I never got into that series at all. <laughs> I mean, I got into it with Awakening, so... That's the one with Marth, right? <laughs> yes, that's the one with Marth and Roy. Like, it's such a weird series because uh, there are, like, only people that play Smash Brothers know what that series is. True, unless you had a GBA and happened to buy it because it was pretty one. It was one of the pretty big uh, games to come out for the GBA at one point, and then the series just continued after that. But well, in in um, America anyway, it came yeah. out in Japan <laughs> a long time ago. But and the the last thing is uh, a game that we thought might possibly have been canceled or something. Nintendo just randomly comes up with a Shimigami. Tensei Crossfire Emblem trailer that left me asking more questions than answers as to what the game is. Um, we th a lot of people thought that it would be Fire Emblem gameplay with Shimigami Tensei characters, even though I think supposedly Shimigami already has a game like that uh, in the Devil Summoner series, sort of that way. Uh, kind of. Yeah, that, that's what I saw that some people were commenting about, that why why does somebody want Shimigami Fire Emblem when we already have that? It seems like this game is more Persona, which a lot of people were also pissed about too, they wanted Shimigami Tensei, like, you know, the original concept. It seems more like Persona with Fire Emblem characters as possibly the main characters instead of Persona characters. And it follows a Persona-type yeah, gameplay system and story. Which one would you prefer? Uh, probably the second one, where it follows a persona, like Shin Megami Tensei type of type of story and like gameplay systems. There's, I mean, if you watch the show, there's just a lot that comes at you at once. Like you just just all this anime stuff going on and like. Uh, Ode to Kabuki going a Kabuki theater and like you can tell like some of the like uh, you can obviously tell the Pegasus night because they have her show up at the end uh, and in various times through the rest of the trailer uh, just it seems like it's an RPG sort of because there's an action bar that goes up on the top and then you have your three characters and they have HP and all that kind of stuff so you know what it really reminded me of? It's a game called Namco Cross Capcom that came out like a decade ago on the PS2. It only came out in Japan. But if you yeah. look at video of that, it looks like the same. Not like gameplay or anything, but it seems like the same damn thing. Well, I mean, it, did it do well in Japan? No, because I don't think it was very good. I didn't think it, I heard it was not very good. They released a... Uh, like, people, like, translated it to English, which is pretty cool, though. I have that. And it's, like, a weird, like, strategy game and fighting game mixed in one. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Kind of think of it. But, I mean, at least uh, Nintendo's trying something. So, you got to give them props for that. And, and they also made a website where they wanted people to pick 
the next Smash Brothers character to make it into the game. And this is from Sakurai, who said the game it was they were done with DLC for Smash Brothers, and all of a sudden they announced that Lucas is going to be an extra DLC character. Uh, mm-hmm. And then now they have this, and then Phil Spencer says that he wouldn't mind seeing Banjo as Smash Brothers DLC either. Why not just put in the Master Chief? <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, we had Snake. Why not Master Chief? I mean, there's a lot of people asking about Bayonetta, apparently. That would be interesting. They'll have, they'll have Reggie be it. <laughs> Reggie will be uh, in there. Yeah. Did you see that one game that put Gabe Newell in the... Yep. That looked really funny. The guy just gave Newell just freaking destroying people. <laughs> did looked... they show? Did they show any Star Fox stuff at this thing? No. Isn't that due out this year? Yeah, they're waiting for E3 to really make that a bit. I mean, they have to now because you have no Zelda, so that has okay. to be one of your big Yeah, that's what I was thinking of because I remember them saying like, "Oh, Star Fox will be out before Zelda," and it's like, well. You've shown more of Zelda than you have of Star Fox, so that's slightly worrying. <laughs> right. And DNA, uh, who who DNA who made the Final Fantasy Record Keeper game that I was good. I played that a little bit too on my phone. It's much better than that. All the bravest game that's terrible. Let's just say that. Uh, I enjoyed it for the nostalgia factor, honestly. It's not really that great as far as, you know, having anything memorable that you're going to remember. But if you just want to go back and play some old Final Fantasy, uh, you know, battles that are not done in the same way. It's almost like a quick version of, of that battle or whatnot. And you get to play it with your own little party. And, they, you know, it's a, like a mix mash of, of Final Fantasy characters. I think it, you know it's free. Why not? Yeah. But that spe- having that uh, having said that, a DNA says they expect to make twenty five million U.S. dollars every month on software that bears Nintendo's name, and they want to come out with a bunch of different games this year, not just one big hit that they're living off of. You think they're really going to make that much? 25 million U.S. dollars? No, because Nintendo's not even doing that. (laughs) But let's, I mean, you're using your Mario and Zeldas and all that on the mobile space from a lot of people are playing games. You don't think it's going to happen? It might. I guess it depends on if the games are actually good or not, or how much they, like, gouge people with them. Yeah, I would think that Nintendo's smart enough. I mean, they don't even like the free-to-play concept as it is, but they have done it themselves. So, I mean, it's not out of the question, even though I'm sure DNA is going to be the one, you know, dealing with that. I wonder if they're going to try to price the games and then realize that they can't do that because people won't buy them. Yeah. it's probably better if they do make a free-to-play and then figure out how to monetize it. But we will. I would, I would be happier with the first option, though. I'd rather, I mean, if the game was actually worth, like, five or ten bucks, I'd rather just pay that than not be badgered to, like, oh, spend 
a dollar for extra energy or spend a dollar for an extra fire flower or something like that, like what they did with Plants vs. Zombies 2. Right. That was, that was bad. I've heard that that was pretty bad, though. They have way too much. Well, they finally, like, patched it out or, like, patched some of it, like, not be, like, as gross. But it's, like, well, A, the damage is done, and then B, that game never came to PC or consoles. That should tell you something. Right. Uh, yeah, so I think we can find, I think we're finally through all the Nintendo stuff here. Halo 5 got an official announce date of October 27th. The trailers for this game have been pretty interesting, though. You have Locke basically accusing Master Chief of betraying him. Or betraying, you know, the world, and then you have Master Chief doing the same thing to Locke, sort of, to asking if it was worth it. You think, uh, does this, uh, make you intrigued in the story at all, or? Kind of. Might be different like, than I, what we're used to? I don't think Locke's an interesting character at all. Like, I didn't watch that Nightfall, or I think it's Nightfall series, so I don't really know that character. I think I'm more interested in, like, what the Magic Chiefs, like, that story arc is and how they bring Cortana back. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested in that, too. I am interested in the possibility of, you know, Chief, uh, Master Chief being a betrayer of sorts or whatever and how they handle this. And supposedly the game is going to be... It almost seems like they might be making it sort of like Halo 2 where you might play part of it as Locke and then part of it as Master Chief. Are they going to have the huge talking plant? <laughs> well. That was a winner. Yeah. I would hope that they have learned from from that, honestly. Uh, they Microsoft also announced the Halo Online only for Russia, in the same vein as Call of Duty for China. Um, it, it runs on a modified Halo 3 engine. It's meant for lower-end computers. I'm nice. guessing either Russia has a lot of Halo players. It'll be great if someone modifies that to just play Halo 3. <laughs> Why did that ever... it comes to, to Xbox One at all? Halo Online? Yeah. I doubt it. I mean, once it's like, it depends on like how free to play or actually how good it is, but I really doubt it. Because Microsoft wants to just buy Halo. <laughs> you think this is sort of like a Microsoft releasing this so they can test out online play for Halo 5? I, I really doubt that one because it's so... If that was the case, they would announce it for America. Because they would want to see like how... I don't know how many big Halo fans there are in Russia. Of course, they're all just like playing like bootleg, counterfeit versions, but if they wanted to like run it as an open beta for Halo 5 multiplayer, they would and they would have it in the country that plays Halo, like Halo a lot. Yeah, I mean, well, who knows? Maybe Russia is a big Halo yeah, but country, but... It's just a weird enterprise. Like, if it does well, it does well, but... Right. Pay, pay, pay five ripples to unlock the Needler... Oh, Lord. 
let's uh, let's hope we don't get in get get that bad with Halo. Uh, I hope not. Anyway, speaking of another game that got delayed, Batman Arkham Knight got delayed until June 23rd, so that delay isn't that bad. Uh, but that's the second delay on the game. Uh, and then in that time, they also announced that this holiday, they're going to have a Batman Arkham City and Arkham Asylum remaster collection. No so, origins, huh? <laughs> Wonder why. <laughs> well, Rock City didn't make that game, technically. Yeah, it showed. <laughs> you can get uh, Origins Origins Blackgate instead. Because that's what everybody wanted. Uh, Twitch, this is uh, one of the questions that I had asked in, in last week's uh, 4PC. Twitch boss uh, Emmett Shear says that the seven-year upgrade life cycle of the console is too slow. And that eventually set-top boxes or stuff like a set-top box that can upgrade a lot faster is going to be what consoles are going to become. Or they're going to get passed over, pretty much. Uh, you know, they're basically... PlayStation and Xbox better show up with... Better have a way to upgrade faster with their actual hardware or they're going to run into trouble. I mean, how many times have we heard this? And apparently that doesn't phase Sony, whose PlayStation is selling over $20 million already, and you bought one. Um... What, do you think he has a point here, and is it really going to affect consoles? I mean, this has been the same way it's been for a long time. He has a theoretical point that, like, PC hardware is always going faster or always expanding. And it's all, like a PC is always going to look better than like, a console because that's just the way it is. But the practical point is he's crazy because a company tried that already. It's called Infinium Labs. They made a console called the Phantom, which never came out. And that was the whole point. The like whole pitch was you can upgrade it like as you see fit, and it was a pipe dream. <laughs> yep, never happened. Uh, you know, we just you know the thing with the consoles is you buy it and you know for five, six, seven, eight, ten years, whatever. You know that you bought something that was 400 500 whatever how many dollars it was, and you're going to be able to play games on it. And the games are probably going to be mostly good, if not great or more than that. Whereas with your PC, eventually your PC becomes outdated, and unless you want to play on the lower settings or whatever, you have to upgrade your PC. And I, I made the bad decision of getting a PC that you can't upgrade, so I'm screwed whenever that happens for me but i just i i don't want to have to be upgrading constantly uh you know the the software does update uh all that stuff does change uh we do see new consoles come out i mean or new uh you know slim versions of the consoles come out and all that kind of stuff every you know in much faster fashion but you can't do that you can't really have this entire consumer base come out and buy these consoles and then in two years you go hey we're already making the next one i mean what what about the developers you know what does that say to them well it's like what are you going to do like buy a ps4 like a ram expander like that, that's not going to work 
Yeah, especially because we have these development cycles that people are already having to plan out so much time just to make a game for these systems. If if we're going on a two-year, three-year cycle, what, you're going to make one game and then that's it? Or you're going to have to have so many different studios of yours working on a game before you move on to the next one that how, how are you going to make games for this? It doesn't, doesn't well, make any sense. It's the same thing that doomed the Sega CD and Sega 32X. Like, look at how many games came out for the 32X. It was like 40, maybe 50 games. Yeah. That's what happened. I mean, you have to give these people time to be able to do their jobs. And you have to know that you have to get the consumer a reason to feel like, okay, I paid for this. Now I'm going to get what I paid for. And if you, if you turn around and go, okay, well, we already know pretty much they're already making the next system. But you don't hear about it for another five years or so. And then it takes them like two years to come out with a system. And then even then, usually in, in the first year, it's not really worth it to buy it because they're not going to come out with games you know, for it or anything. So, Yep. <laughs> I like his idea, but it just doesn't work for consoles. Uh, you want to be able to upgrade. There's a PC, there's a tablet, there's a phone that you can continually upgrade all the time if you want. I know you're excited about this. Uh, Witcher 3 is going to be over 200 hours long if you want to do everything. Uh, the CD Projekt Red says. So are you ready to delve 200 hours into this this game yeah i'm eager i'm uh i hope it's good like it'll be interesting to see how they blow out like that world into like an open world environment especially like I just with don't the know how it can't be good with uh how much time they spent on it and how much it's been delayed i mean it has to be good doesn't it no not i mean Trust me, they could always screw it up somewhere. <laughs> I guess, but I mean, I trust them. I think they're gonna be just fine. I mean, look at that! Look at that uh, cyberpunk game they were making. Like that. That's been like that vanished. <laughs> right. So, Hajime Tabata. Uh, was asked to explain why he chose an all-male cast of Final Fantasy 15, and you know, we have to remember that he kind of tried to make this like you know the ultimate road trip sort of game or whatever, and a bunch of buddies that all had their purpose. They're all sort of protecting Nock, and he brings up a point which is true. I mean, if you've ever, honestly, if you're a guy that has any kind of interest in women. And you're around your guy friends, and a girl shows up, and you're sort of interested in her. You can't tell me that you act the same way. You start being awkward. You'll have that guy that starts hitting on her. You'll start having the the other friend that kind of you know nabs at you to try to ask her out or whatever. Just it's gonna happen. It's it's what happens, and you even see it in the demo. Uh, some of the guys start talking to the mechanic girl. You know, um, it's just of nature, I guess. And if you're trying to make a game that's very realistic, um, I can understand the whole having a bunch of guys. And not to mention Final Fantasy X was an all-female 
party, and no one complained about that, other than the game wasn't good. But no one complained about the fact that you had an all-female party. Uh, and you've had uh, several games where the females are the leads or very important characters. But then when you have an all-male cast, everybody groans and moans. I really hope the uh, subtitle for Final Fantasy fifteen is going to be Bros Before Hoes. It'll be in Latin though, so don't so no one don't know what it really means. <laughs> or the bro game, or something just something crazy. Uh, but then Tabata came in and said that now, I guess because people are complaining, that you might be able to have females in your party as guests in the game at some point. Do you think he should have stuck to his guns and just made an all-male party and just said the hell with it and not given in any kind of pressure at all? Or yeah, was he it would, wrong in doing this? Or no, he should have stuck to his guns because it would have made all the romantic subtext a lot more make a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I mean they've had plenty of romantic stuff in Final Fantasy before. I mean, it's just like. How many times can you tell that story? This is sort of at least something fresh, you know. It's it's a different sort of take on it to see where they can go with this. Um, so I, I don't have an issue with this at all. I think people are just over-exaggerating and doing the whole, Oh my god, because of Gamergate, we're complaining. Like, not every game has to have a female lead and not every game has to have a female in it. You can't just... It doesn't mean that we're going to start not having females in... in leads of games at all it just this is one game stop trying to start a movement because of one game instead, instead of the uh squall and renoa dance for final fantasy 8 it'll be noctis and prompto having a dance like that and it'll be glorious yep and then we'll you know everybody will start the broke mountain jokes or something. It'll, be, it'll be bad in, in that way i guess uh even though I really love, would like to see that, just to see everybody's reaction. I'm um, speaking of something that could be bad, but apparently it's working out money-wise for Disney. Not only did they already have Beauty and the Beast live-action on the docket, they have now announced four more live-action remakes of animated series. Now, they've made Jungle Book before, so that's not anything new. But now they're making a Dumbo, Mulan, and Winnie the Pooh live action. With Winnie the Pooh being set in a situation where Christopher Robin comes back as an adult. And goes to um, 100 Acre Wood or whatever. Seriously, are we just running out of ideas at this point? Is this, I mean, just because Maleficent and Cinderella made money, is that just... We need to just keep making these so they don't make money anymore? I mean, what... Are you in I, favor of this at all? A, a few things. Mulan can work as a live-action film. That's that's actually fine for me. I don't really care either way. Uh, Dumbo, no, because that's stupid. Especially if Tim Burton's directing it, because he's awful. And Winnie the Pooh, I'd be a fan of if they get like Robert Downey Jr. to play Christopher Robin. <laughs> really? That'd be Why awesome. Robert Downey Jr. Just because he'd be like such a. I think he'd be like incredibly smarmy in the role and be great. 
Like, I just want him to be, like, uh, Iron Man in the role. Like, it'd be so funny. <laughs> that would be awesome. Like, Pooh Man, you gotta stop getting all this... Stop worrying about the honey so much. <laughs> well, like, Eeyore's trying to find his tail, and Robert Downey Jr. finds it and just nails it into his ass and says, here you go. <laughs> Uh, and yet, and yes, they are they are out of ideas. Yeah, I mean, I just think this is kind of. Uh, we've already seen them talk. You know, at first they said they would never make remakes for the Pixar movies. Now they're making every other, I think every couple of Pixar movies are remakes now, or not remakes, uh, sequels. sequels. Now we're having live action remakes of animated series, which were just fine. And I agree with you. Mulan could actually be an interesting live action if they do it right. Beauty and the the Beast has been done several times before, too, so that's no big deal. Just Dumbo and Winnie the Pooh were just so cartoon-centric. I mean, I guess with CG now you can do it, but it just... uh, Some of this doesn't doesn't make sense to me, I guess. What what if they ever did a Kingdom Hearts movie? I would love that. That was an idea, supposedly. That was being thrown about at one point. I think after number two, they were thinking about making a movie, and then it got shelved. Uh, but it could work, I think. Uh, especially once, you know, especially after three, when the series is supposed to be, that that part of the series is supposed to be done. You can make a movie to just kind of completely finalize it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'll be interested to hear what, if uh, Daniel gets to talk about this one. Because I know this is a kind of near and dear to his heart. I don't know if he's still around, but Sony has gotten the rights of Robotech, and they're gonna make a live-action uh, game, or not live-action game, a live-action movie on Robotech. Hey, it worked for Dragon Ball and Airbender. Airbender wasn't too bad. Oh, Dragon Ball was terrible. Shyamalan uh, movie? That I heard that was terrible. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't mind it that much, but I'm also not like the. We're, I'm I'm not a M Night Shyamalan hater. So, well, Daniel, what do you, while while Daniel types, what do you think about this Sony and Robotech stuff, sir? I I will let him type up his. Uh, I mean, I don't have any affil like. Knowledge in the series, but as long as it, I guess, is respectful enough to the source material, it's fine. Like, good luck. Anime fans are never going to be happy. Yeah, he says it's probably going to be a disaster. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I mean, I really don't have any hope for the any of these live action anime things. Uh, I love Scarlett Johansson, but I don't think she's going to be the reason that. Uh, a Ghost in the Show live action is going to bomb or whatever. It'll probably be the, the everything around her. Uh, same thing for Akira, whatever happens with that. I just cannot think that a studio is not going to touch that and screw it up and ruin it and will just not make it what, it what it should be. I'm not really familiar with Robotech. So, you know, I, I know of it. I just don't think... Um, 
you know, it's it's gonna do that well. Um, you know, Daniel's saying, you know, make it a first Spider-Man instead of Spider-Man three, and he would be happy. Just give him some freedom to do things. You know, which I agree. Uh, Japan if, is what? If they do make it, get a Guillermo del Toro to direct it. That would be awesome. Uh, I, I would totally be down with that. Because uh, we know he, he's well, he's busy with uh, Civic Rim too, but I'm sure he could. You know, it'll be put his it'll, it'll be called Pacific Rim Two: Colon Robotech. <laughs> uh, Daniel says the Robotech could work, but uh, he has no faith in Sony not meddling, which I agree. You know they like to meddle meddle in things. Uh, Japan is. Announced that they are for sure making their own Godzilla. Um, it'll be the 29th Godzilla film produced uh, by Toho since 1954. It comes out in 2018, and it's going to be made by um, people, a the director of Evangelion, Hideki Anno, and a person involved with Attack on Titan, Shinji Higuchi. Um, so. Leaves people uh, hoping that this is going to work, since you have people that are big Godzilla fans, I guess, uh, going in on this. Yo, is Godzuki going to be in it? <laughs> yeah, just animate him right there. That's the, only, that's the only thing that's going to matter. <laughs> so which of these old series... Are you, uh, th this has been so hilarious, this rash of old series coming back. Full House might get a 9-13 episode season on Netflix. Uh, the Muppets could be coming back to TV. ABC is filming a proof of concept right now for this. X-Files is coming back for six episodes. Coach is coming back with Craig T. Nelson reprising the role of Coach. Anything interest you on, on that front uh two two of them x-files x-files might be good it depends because the last five years of x-files weren't good <laughs> and the movies weren't also good <laughs> I, I i think if x-files comes back it'll be too tied into conspiracy garbage and x-files always worked better to me as like a case of the week show at least personally and Full House is fine, but only if Stephanie is cracked out like she is in real life. We'll have to see. That would be interesting. And they're also not real life they bring into this. They're also not going to bring the Olsen twins back. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They're not bringing those those two back. Uh, well, hey, you know, is Bob Saget going to be able to get back into that role? Uh, I agree uh, with. Uh, X-Files being good with both of you guys I'm interested in how X-Files is going to work um I, I it's been a long while since I watched Coach but I remember enjoying the crap out of Coach when I did watch it so Craig T. Nelson need it back I think that's going to be good they need to bring, if, if they bring Coach Baker Bay Baker Bake yeah I would agree I don't know about Full House I can take or leave Full House I was never a big Full House fan um, so, you know, if, if that comes back on Netflix, cool. If it doesn't, oh well. 
and uh what is it um the muppets man i've loved both the movies so if they can come out for, with a way to make the tv show work again i would so be for that because you know there's always a need for different kinds of things on tv and if abc can make that a hit man I, I have no hope because their last Muppets, last Muppets show didn't work at all. Yeah, that's right. Didn't they, like, shoot one episode or something for that? And then... No, they did a show called Muppets... I think it was called The Muppets Tonight. Yeah, some of them. Yeah, okay. and, and, like, who? Like, late 90s? Uh, and it was weird. It was, a kind of, it was kind of like... It was a variety show, but it only lasted, like, a season. Maybe two and, like, Cl- like, there's a character called Clifford, who was the host, who was, like, a new Muppet. And you're like, where is, where is Kermit? Where is everyone that I care about? <laughs> well, yeah, that's a different deal. I think the storyline for this is supposed to be that Mix Piggy and Kermit had a... When did they not have a fight, honestly, Miss Piggy and Kermit? And if the show won't go on without Miss Piggy, so they all have to try to get her to be part of the show or whatever. And we'll have to see how that works. Once again, Kentucky is no longer undefeated, so the Patriots uh, also uh, I, I once again can't go the whole season without being undefeated. Man, that's that's crazy. But to to go that long, that's that's still a big deal. Um, you know, I th- I think that's that's pretty much it for this week, but. Uh, you know, just uh, a, a lot of stuff to get through. I'll be interested to see if we get any more about Nintendo, what they really are going to show us at E3. They said they're only focusing on games that are coming out this year. What else so, do they have this year? <laughs> Star Fox. Okay. What else? I guess they'll show us. No, Splatoon will be out by then. Yeah, I guess. We'll, we'll have just come out by then, so. It's going to be an hour long Star Fox. Starbucks demo. <laughs> yeah, they better have some stuff in there. Uh, you know, so I mean, hopefully there's some surprises there. Supposedly Microsoft also has their own little surprises that they're uh, talking about. So. Alright, well, I guess it's time to get to those plugs. Mark? Uh, the 8th will be out uh, Monday night. Uh, like I said earlier, top eight Assassin's Creed games, and I may have that Dark Souls two review done. Hopefully, <laughs> it'll be short. I know that. <laughs> oh well, yeah, because you. What are you gonna like? Copy and paste the link to your pretty much old review. <laughs> read, read this. I'd be like, read this. <laughs> this one looks better at the end. <laughs> I'm really surprised that. Uh, Whatchamacallit, that Adam didn't say anything about your non-review for that one game. Which one? I've done a few of those. Total War or something it was? Oh, yeah. Because it, it didn't work in my system. It tried to eat my hard drive. Jeez. <laughs> the, la- the last Total War game, I also did a non-review because uh, it just ran like garbage. I couldn't, like, beat a mission. Yeah, that makes a difference, you know. Like, the thing about, like, console games is most of those you can finish. <laughs> right. Even if it's bad, you can still finish it, at least. 
Daniel has the games factor fiction. He had Steven, he had uh, Steven Randall and Jeremy on uh, this week. So go check that out. It's in the game zone. Comes out every Thursday morning. Um, I should uh, go ahead and give my my friend uh, Randy Isbell, who co-hosts one of the, uh, the the sports podcasts with me. He is coming to coming back to Form One with a friend of his named West. They're going to be doing a column and podcast together called Backlog Busting. It's a backlog busting project that they. They have uh, three of their episodes on iTunes right now if you want to go listen to it. It's basically them talking about games that they have in their backlogs that they need to play. And they pick one game that they play together. And then each of them pick a game that they have in their backlogs that they play separately. And then they talk about those games. As well as a couple of uh, you know, news items and all that kind of stuff. They come out every other week. So it's it's pretty interesting. I think you should go check it out. Check look for them on iTunes and Stitcher on Backlog Busting Project, and they'll be on four and one pretty soon here. Uh, Jeremy already gave me the okay that they'll be there. Game Zone needs more content, so that's always a good thing. Um, uh, Robert, I uh, know he just did a. While I look it up, he he has his uh, Sentai Rider podcast. You know, that you can go check out on the Rodlitz and Broadcasting Network if you like Japanese children's shows and anime and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that is a show you should listen to. It's not something they, you know, do every week or something like that. It's, I guess, whenever him and his friend, uh, I forgot his name now, uh, have time to do it. But it's always an interesting uh, listen if you're into that. Um, he uh, his uh, Metal Hammer of Doom podcast that he did this week was uh, or last week was in uh, times by the Norwegian black metal group Enslaved. So if you're a Norwegian black metal fan, go check that out as well. Uh, and uh, as for me, there's about three rest of the max episodes you can go listen to. Where we pretty much... There was one where we reviewed WrestleMania by itself with a bunch of people, including PWI's Brady Hicks. You can go listen to that. Um, We did a Raw, the Hall of Fame, and a preview of New Japan's Invasion Attack on the uh, Tuesday night show. And we're reviewing Invasion Attack this week, uh, along with all the other shows that we normally do. So, going back to regular things uh, on Tuesday night... um, and uh, the football to football, we had two podcasts, one where we did a Major League Baseball season preview and one where we did our regular soccer and football stuff. So go listen to those. You can find all of those podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn and Player FM and Blueberry, just like this podcast. So go, uh, you know, go rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. That helps us out helps us out with the ratings helps us out with letting us know what we do well and what we don't do well on this show if you want us to add anything or change anything or whatever uh, let us know as well well until next week this has been the official form on game zone podcast signing off here enjoy your game oh wait what is coming out this week do we know what's i know it's something big everything this week. everything big is coming out in two weeks <laughs> Oh, two weeks. Okay, so this is kind of like the lull week, I guess. Yeah, because in two weeks of Mortal Kombat and GTA 5 and PC. 
Oh yeah, Mortal Kombat's going out. They do. What do you think about having those easy fatalities? That, that's fine because fatalities can be kind of hard to pull off. That's what I was thinking too. It's like everybody's complaining about that. It's just kind of being petty. I think you have the Dark Souls two scholar, the first sin. If you know, have if you have it on the newer systems, you can play that for the first time. Got Etrian Mystery Dungeon, which should be pretty decent. Uh, Star Drive, Blood Sports TV, that Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, yeah, so few things to play here and there. Dark Souls being the the main game. So, all right. Well, until next week, everybody. Have later. a good one.